Looking for a one-stop shop for all your audio and video needs? Then look no further than Always Press Record Productions. With over 100 hours of original content produced, Always Press Record Productions has an experienced staff on hand ready to assist you with all your YouTube, podcast, and music video needs. Check them out at alwayspressrecord.com. Once again, that's alwayspressrecord.com. And remember, they press record and you become the star. Welcome to the Mangrove Community. Strengthening the community one branch at a time. For more information about the community or how to volunteer, please visit mangrovecommunity.org. The Mangrove Community presents the Reasonable Doubt Podcast Series. How's everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to Reasonable Doubt. We have our lovely guest here, Dr. Plummer. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks great, for having great, me. Great. This is awesome. Yep. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for coming out. So we have Dr. Plummer here. Um, she's uh, running for an at-large position. Mm-hmm. So le- tell us a little bit about the at-large position. So Houston is huge. You know, we're, we're approaching the third largest city mm-hmm. um, in the nation. So um, what they've basically done is they have five at-large positions, okay. and those positions are just below the mayor. Um, and then you've got district positions. Mm-hmm. So uh, in a lot of ways, if you kind of think about it, you kind of need some folks to break the tie, right? Gotcha. So when your district representatives or, or council members um, make decisions, you've mm-hmm. got five at-large members that can line up with those issues, mm-hmm. you know, um, understand them a bit better, right. and to kind of make sure that there are five people that are um, representing the communities that don't really have a vested interest in a particular district. Gotcha. The goal is to kind of create some equity okay. in the city when uh-huh. it comes to decision making. Okay. So with that position, do you, so you don't cover a particular area? Right. So we're running almost in the same way as a mayor would. Gotcha. We're running in every single incorporated area of Houston or Houston city limit. Okay. And as far as the election process, how how are you voted? How do how does the people vote for you? It's yeah, that's a great question because a lot of people don't really understand. Most people vote for the mayor mm-hmm. and they kind of forget about everybody else. Right. Or they'll vote for the mayor and then they'll jo- vote for their district right. and then forget everyone else. Right. So what I always mm-hmm. tell people is vote for your mayor vote for your district, but then jump down to that large because you've got five positions down there Mm -hmm. that still have a huge say-so in what happens in your communities. Right, right. So that's important to know. Um, Thank you for that information. Yeah, definitely. Sure. So uh, give us a little background information about yourself. Are you from the Houston area? Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? Yeah, definitely. So I wasn't born here, actually. Mm -hmm. I was actually born in Boston. Okay. My dad was in dental school at Harvard. And um, and I was actually raised at Wellesley College for the first, like, three years. My mom was a room mother. (laughs) And um, and all the the students were my my babysitters. Hold on, hold on. So so it's a room mother. So you, you got the... Stay at home, mom. Yeah. But w- when you're in college, it's a room. It's a room. Yes, okay. yes. So she kind of was. She, I think she had like 15 or 20 young people. She's like mm-hmm. an RA, right? On a, on a hall. Gotcha. And we were broke. <laughs> <laughs> like most college students. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so mom was was a room mother, and mm-hmm. um, and so all the college students kind of took care of me. Cool. And I went to school there. When my dad graduated, we moved to Houston. Now my family's originally from Houston. Okay. Um, so we moved back to Houston, and um, cool. of course. 
you know, um, all, right. did all things we were supposed to do here. My dad's a uh, public um, health dentist, mm -hmm. and so that's kind of why I became a dentist. Okay. So I'm second generation. Gotcha. So, I mean, you, you, it's like you didn't have an option. You were born in college. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's like you were groomed for birth. So, but so back to the public health dentist. What mm -hmm. what is that title? Because I've, I've never heard that title, public health dentist. Oh God, it's like it's the best practice of medicine. Mm -hmm. So you've got private sector and you right. got public sector, right? Okay. So public is like your your community health centers. Okay. Harris Health. Gotcha. You know, um, the 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 platform, so to speak, that takes care of people that really don't have access. Gotcha. Uh, and so I was kind of raised in that space. He did have a private practice, mm -hmm. so I kind of feel like I've got the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, because I always saw him giving back. Right, right. Um, and so that was really nice to be raised by someone like that. My right. grandfather was actually one of the first African-American judges in oh, the wow. state of Texas. Okay. And so I saw him in the civil rights, you know, fighting civil rights right. movements. Um, he was one of the people that desegregated the Harris County jail system, mm. really active. And so my bloodline you know, we have a lot of change makers right, going right, on. Right. <laughs> very, very progressive. So um, was he a judge in Houston, Harris County? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Judge Matthew Plummer. OK. Yeah. I have to look him up. Yeah, please. No. And one other really cool thing about him, he's actually a Texas, um, a Tuskegee Airman instructor. Oh, really? So he was a part of the whole Red Tail. Cool. A lot yes. of our listeners maybe know about those guys. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> sure they know about the Tuskegee Airmen. And yep. just to just to hear that history and, yeah. and where you come from, that has to be very motivating. And uh, I guess that leads me to ask um, is that where your drive and your passion comes from to run for a position like this so no um I, I saw it kind of all growing up mm -hmm. it was something that I was accustomed to seeing mm -hmm. and, and another nice piece of my background which I feel makes it really special is my mom is actually from East Africa oh really and so they met in the Peace Corps okay. so if you kind of hear the lineage of my family mm -hmm. we've all kind of they've always kind of reached back and pulled forward gotcha. um and so that's that's always been something that I think has been instilled in me. Mm -hmm. But actually, what got me involved with this political piece mm -hmm. is um, I changed some legislation with the state of Texas. Oh, really? I did. So had a sad story happen to me. I actually lost legal custody of my son in a surrogacy case mm -hmm. about five years ago. Okay. And um, it's a long story, but mm -hmm. it was devastating. You know, one of those situations that just kind of puts you on your back right. and you either stay there or you get up. Mm -hmm. And that was that situation. And, gotcha. and in those moments, you have to figure out what you're going to do very quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was down for a second. I'll gotcha. be honest. Uh -huh. I have three other boys. I'm a mom of three boys, okay. but I have, I have three other boys that kept me lifted, mm -hmm. honestly, between that and my faith. Okay. Um, obviously, my family as well. Right. Um, but it was something that I had to make a very quick decision on how I was going to act. Mm -hmm. And this is what I kind of really want our listeners um, to, to really to get a grasp of. You know, bad things can happen, but it's mm -hmm. how you handle it, right. how you turn it around right. is what fixes it. So for, um, for a while, I just had to kind of work it out. Then I just one day woke up and I said, you know, what would have changed my situation? Because mm -hmm. his name's Alex. And okay. so what would have, how would I have not lost him? Okay. And I literally wrote every single thing down on a piece of paper. And right. I took it to a really dear friend of mine, Joe mm -hmm. Desitel out of Beaumont. Okay. And I said, listen, I know this, I know you don't understand what really surrogacy may be necessarily mm -hmm. or adoption rights may be, mm -hmm. but I may not have been biologically linked to Alex, but that's my baby mm -hmm. boy. So, and just, I, cause I want to make sure we understand this. I sure. just don't want to go over it. Right. So, 
you you had a surrogate mother that w- that was holding your child for yes, you. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then it sounds like they decided for some reason they had a change of heart and wanted to keep the child. Is so that... no, actually the no, actually. Um, so I went through menopause very early, mm-hmm. a lot earlier than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Uh, decided to create our family um, with a surrogate. Mm-hmm. So the surrogate carried the child. Okay. Wasn't biologically linked to me, but mm-hmm. she carried the child. Gotcha. But in the state of Texas, you have to file paperwork to the state mm-hmm. in a specific way. Otherwise, when the baby's actually born, mm-hmm. the intended parent, which I am, I'm no, I have not no biological link to the child. Right. The intended parent parent would have rights. Okay. Well, my then husband didn't file anything with the state. Mm-hmm. So when he went in front of the judge to file for divorce, mm-hmm. he didn't include Alex as a child of the marriage. Oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so he was literally legally stolen. So wow. when I went to court, thinking I was going to file custody. Mm-hmm. Um, my lawyer basically leaned over and just said, you know, you've got no rights. And when I read that legislation, um, it's almost like reading a chapter and missing a, cha- reading a book and missing a chapter, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It, everything else was there, but like this piece. Mm-hmm. So what if you get a divorce right. in all of this? Right. Like, where does the kid go? Right. And there was nothing that supported that or protected that child. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I wrote the legislation. Mm-hmm. I passed it through the House unanimously the first time. We lost in the Senate. Mm-hmm. And this time, not even three weeks ago, we passed unanimously oh, on the wow. House and the Senate. Congratulations. Thank and, you. And I guess that that's important. And I guess I also want to ask, so where did Alex end up? Where? So he's with his father. So he's with his father. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. He's five. He'll be five um, <clears throat> on August the 18th. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, well, that, that's good to know, and congratulations on that. Thank and you. Was it was it, so? How long was it before um, it wasn't passed to to it was actually passed? Two sessions. Two sessions. Two legislative sessions. Yes, yeah, so four years. Four years. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I guess that's an example that you know things don't happen overnight. You know, yes. you, you have to take your wins and your losses. You know. You you win some battles, you lose some battles, but you ultimately won the war. Yes, exactly. That's great. That's exactly. Great. And people also have to remember that, like that bill doesn't change anything for me, mm-hmm. right? right? And so a lot of times when you intentionally want to do good things mm-hmm. and you want to truly change things unselfishly, right. you have to do it whether you've gained from it or not, yeah. right? Because you just want to make sure the next person exactly. didn't go through what you went I, through. That pain, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want anyone to have that right. or to experience that. And so if we live our lives in that way, mm-hmm. I just I feel like the things that we're seeing politically right now, we wouldn't see. Right, right. Well, cool. Um, so I guess let's go, let's get into the politics of it. So if, if, you were what? What is your passion, or what did your vision? If you get in office, what what things would you like to change? What's your agenda? I guess I'm asking. So first thing we're gonna do is gonna say when I get in office. When you get in office, <laughs> all right? Because we're gonna we're gonna put that into existence okay. right now. We're gonna speak that into existence. <laughs> that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Words are very powerful. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm a business owner. So practicing okay. dentistry for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so economic empowerment and okay. opportunities are huge. Okay. I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had numerous companies wanting to purchase my practice. Okay. Uh, and I refuse to sell. Right. For a lot of reasons. One, I'm creating legacy for my kids. Mm-hmm. So I've got three boys. Um, they may not want to be dentists, but they can definitely be business owners. Right. right? right. Um, so ep- economic opportunity and um is huge, probably mm-hmm. one of my top things. Right. The second thing I would probably say would be, um, I would say community health. Mm-hmm. I have a public health background. Okay. Uh, I sit on the board with uh, Harris Health. Mm-hmm. I actually sit on the board that um, that manages the dental clinics. Okay. So not directly with Harris Health, right. but we manage the dental clinics within them. Gotcha. 
And so bringing access and um, access to our community health centers okay. is something I'm really going to focus and champion. Okay. We don't have anyone doing that right now. Right, right. Um, and I would say, and I, you know, it's hard to say one, two, three, mm-hmm. um, but infrastructure is a big deal. Okay. I mean, the area we're sitting in right now had flooding with Harvey right. and making sure infrastructure is in place. Yep. Uh, state fluid. E- exactly. Yep. We have to make sure that's handled. So if I were to pick, I mean, obviously they're huge. There are mm-hmm. lots of different issues we'd focus on, but those are where my strong suits come gotcha. in, in that order. Gotcha. So with economic development and how do you actually plan on implementing that? Sure. So one thing I believe is we've got to get people to know that it's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of black and brown people just have forgotten or don't even think right. that being able to move economically or financially is even an option for them. Right? right. And so when you when you lose belief, mm-hmm. you don't. Um, you don't do the things that you need to do to line that up. Right. And so we got to make sure we um, we bring the the information to the communities. Right. So um, what do they need to do? Communities, I mean, you know, getting them back in school, mm-hmm. helping them graduate from school, mm-hmm. making sure that our community uh, schools are funded the right way. Right. Um, and make sure they have the tools that they need to be to thrive. Mm-hmm. And then you know, giving them the tools that they need to be entrepreneurs. Right. So, but how do you make sure that the the schools are funded the right way? Because that's that's a major issue that I see across um, the area. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you, you when you're touching to districts like HISD and things like that. The the legacy that's been left behind is mm-hmm. a it's a stain on that whole area, and yeah. it's a and I, I know people who. They were in with, well, when you go to Northeast Houston, you had North Forest ISD, mm-hmm. which integrated into HISD right. now. And they tell me the difference. And speaking to them and speaking to the, the children over there now, I can kind of see the difference because the passions are different mm-hmm. in the older generations mm-hmm. versus the younger generations. And it just seems like um, there are a lot of resources that are being manipulated and mm-hmm. choked up when it comes mm-hmm. to that area. So how do you really get y- your, your, I guess... First, to understand the problem, Mm -hmm. and then how do you go about, you know, fixing the problem? Well, someone needs to champion it, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. somebody needs to not, a lot of times we push things under a rug. I mean, no one's really saying it's a problem. Uh, Property taxes typically dictate what type of schools we have Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, how great our roads are or homes in the area. Um, In areas of people of color, like the area that we're sitting in right now, Mm the property taxes are typically a bit lower, right? right? And so when that happens, you don't get the influx of, 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 um, of financial support that you would typically need. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make sure that we level the playing field academically. Now, the city doesn't have a lot of control over what HISD does, right? There's a whole separate entity. Right, right. But we could definitely use um, the, the people that we know in our relationships mm-hmm. to change that and make sure that the state money that comes down there goes a little bit more leveled right. in terms of the areas. And, and one thing that we really need to look at is that, you know, our, can we change the ways in which our schools are funded mm-hmm. based on where we live? Right. Okay, what we find right now is in the next 10, 15, 20 years, black and brown people are going to be the majority minority. I got you. Okay. Right. When you conclude, when you add the two together. When you add the two together, we're going to be the majority population. Right. Okay. But more than half of us, gra- less than half of us, graduate from high school. Right. Okay. So what does the future look like if we're not getting an education? Mm-hmm. Those are going to be the next leaders in our communities. So we have to make sure we fund those schools. Mm-hmm. Right. And we have to make sure that 
the neighborhoods around them are supported. We have to make sure banks are in our communities. Right. So the question is, the mayor talks about complete communities. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard that yeah, term heard already, right? Yeah. Okay, so in my mind, com complete communities, yeah, of course, building homes and mm -hmm. building homes where affordable homes are, are you know, are, are there and accessible is important. Right. But I look at things from a scientist's perspective. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of the Maslow hierarchy of needs? I haven't. Okay, basic needs. What do you need to live and thrive? Okay. You need shelter, mm -hmm. you need security, you need food, yep. right? You need right. all the basic stuff. Right. Most of our black and brown communities don't even have that. Right, they don't. I mean, they're food deserts. Yep. They have to drive across town 20 or 30 minutes to get to a hospital. Yep. Um, bus transportation doesn't come into our areas. Safety is insanely high, yeah. right? right? I mean, <clears throat> there's so many basic needs that we don't have. So how do you expect us to thrive then? Exactly. And that's... that's that's I, I'm, I love to hear you speaking like that because that's the I don't see people focus on that part of it. Anyone I talk to um, that that is running for a political position or anything, they name the big names: economic development, infrastructure, all the things that you name. But when you ask them to get into the details, it's still uh, well. We want to clean up the trash. We want to fix the roads, and which that's fine. Or we want to build parks to bring beautification to the area, but. That's fine, but when you bring those parks and things like mm -hmm. that in, it raises the property value, mm -hmm. and the people are not able to catch up with the changing area. So right. I love that you focus on that. Um, another thing, with with the schools, how do you feel about what's being taught in the schools? Do you feel like it's setting our children up to be successful? Because I don't feel we're not being taught how to manage money in mm -hmm. school. Mm -hmm. um, all of the, uh, a lot of the vocational trainings have been taken out of, out of the schools, schools and right. things like that. So how do we encourage, and like you say, I know it'll come through relationships. Mm -hmm. How do we mm -hmm. encourage them to get back to that in our schools? Well, I, you know, it, it just, you know, I, so I, because I come from a science background, look at everything from a cellular perspective, mm -hmm. right? It goes back to, it goes back to knowing that we're powerful. Right. I mean, we are the highest voting block mm -hmm. that exists. Every single person that's in office right now is there because of us. <laughs> right. But yet we don't do anything. Mm -hmm. We just sit back and let things happen. And I'm not holding uh, people accountable for that. I just truly believe that we just don't think it's possible anymore. Right. And we have to kind <clears> of <throat> bring that hope back to communities. But if we come together and hold those schools accountable, um, but then how do we do that when mom is a single mom raising three or four kids right. and can barely is working three or four jobs? Mm -hmm. She can't make it to a, a meeting. A, you know, she can't make it to a meeting with a counselor. Right. It's not because she doesn't care. Mm -hmm. It's because she's trying to take care of her family, put food on the table. Right. I'm going to give you a perfect example. My car got broken into about three weeks ago. Okay. And my backpack was stolen. My computer was stolen, everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm with people that were pretty affluent, okay? Mm. I'm gonna be honest with you. Right. It's a real talk conversation, right. Right? right? And they're talking about how could someone do that and you know how dare them. And mm. I have been around the city now and I've seen things I've never seen in my entire life before. Right. And I told them, I said, do you think that a person broke in my car because he liked the hobby? <laughs> he right. probably took my stuff because he's taking care of a family. Right. I'm not justifying it. Right. I'm just saying that people become desperate and take desperate action. So instead of continuing to point blame mm -hmm. on why people are making decisions, mm -hmm. why don't we step back and fix the decisions that they're making? Right, right. Because it's, 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 it's psychological. Thank you. It's, it's very psychological. And I, it, 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 it hurts my heart when I hear, because I sit in a lot of meetings right. with 
like you say, affluent people, business owners that own multimillionaires and things like that. And the first thing out their mouth is always crime. And we need to fix crime. And they want to do it by increasing the police presence and things like that. So I make the connection that, okay, so your resolution is just to lock them up. Which we're, we're creating more single family homes. That's right. And we're just adding to the problem when these are multi-millionaire business owners that are talking like this. Your business needs landscaping, it needs cleaning and Thank things you. like this, but you're hiring people from outside of the community right. versus within the community. That's right. So as a business owner, mm-hmm. how do you, again, I know it comes through partnerships right. and, and collaboration is a huge thing nowadays. Right, we, it is. we have to learn how to collab- collaborate across race, races, uh, different races, cultures, religions, right. backgrounds and things like that. So how do we get the the more affluent people to understand that you're you can you can really assist with this problem mm-hmm. in more ways than one than just trying to imp- increase police presence and things like that no sure so you know i believe a lot more people want to do good mm-hmm. I, I do believe that now let's let's, let's kind of use um, a low-income area that's looking that gentrification is happening in let's kind of use that for example okay. if that's okay that's fine so a lot of people believe that gentrification is the reason why people are kind of moving out of areas. I kind of have a different twist on that. Okay. I believe that gentrification starts when our young people decide to leave. Yes. Right? Yes. So when you're in high school and you see that you see the trash and the bad roads mm-hmm. and the high crime, right? Right. And you sit in your room and you're like, I cannot wait to, <laughs> to get, get out, out of, of this neighborhood. Yep. That's when it starts. Yep. Okay, so how do we how do we change that narrative? Mm-hmm. So we give them opportunities, we change how the schools look, we make the environment safe, we give them good food to eat, right? Mm-hmm. We make sure they have the health care that they need to, su- to sustain them, okay? Mm-hmm. Now they're looking at an area, they're like, maybe I don't want to leave. Yeah. Okay? Exactly. That's the first step of it. I, I agree. Okay, now, if there are areas that do have to be regentified and, and developers are coming in, mm-hmm. that's when our civic clubs need to have some power behind them right. and say, no, listen, if you want to come in this area, we have a solid civic club membership. Mm-hmm. We've got some, you know, we've got presence here, right? right? right. Come in this area, but give us something. Mm-hmm. Put a community health center here. Yep. Put a, um, a senior living facility here for us. Put somewhere for our kids to go to make sure they can get tutored after school mm-hmm. because mom is working four jobs right now. Right. Do some, bring some grocery stores in here. Yep. If we're giving you land, then give us something back. So it's or a you trade can't off. come here. Yeah. Makes sense. And you know what I'm saying? And then when you do, and I want to, but when, and when you do come here, mm-hmm. make sure you put retention in the area and you make sure we don't now flood right. because you brought your big <laughs> stuff in here yep. and you put more <laughs> semen in the place. Yep. That's exactly what happened with this area. I know it did. Ex- it happens everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Exxon, Exxon, they backed uh, Friendswood development company and then the oil glut happened in the mid 80s exxon pulled out which exxon had plans to continue to to develop the infrastructure Mm -hmm. but when they pulled out nobody cared about the infrastructure but they kept building that's right and we're (laughs) seeming city now right so you hold those people those people accountable and you know i believe in marches and pickets and all that kind of stuff i'm telling you Mm -hmm. if we're loud enough you can stop anything from happening you know what i mean we just have to make sure that we i just don't feel that black people know their power and it just hurts my heart Mm -hmm. because we are so strong. I just, I just want us to know how powerful we are. Yeah. But I think, I think part of that is you have outside entities that, Mm -hmm. that continue to make you think that you're less than feel like you're less than like, 
and I, I try to stay away from it. But social media, you see, you see so many interactions with mm-hmm. the police officers and, and what you would seem like innocent victims, mm-hmm. people with their hands up or behind mm-hmm. their back, and they still get treated the way they get treated, right. and that just continues to make you feel powerless. So how do we, um, how do we get our police officers to? better understand the communities that they serve sure so we have to add some we have to increase diversity training Mm -hmm. okay we've got to make sure we're coming from an offensive position versus a defensive position Mm -hmm. you know when police typically walk in a scene i think that they automatically think they're about to be harmed right we need to teach them to come from a different place Mm -hmm. and that's going to take money it's going to take resource Mm -hmm. um but we want our our communities if they're thriving already, then that isn't going to be a problem anymore. Right. See, we're all talking about the stuff that's happening right now, mm-hmm. but no one's looking at the root of the problem. Right. And the root of the problem isn't our police are having an issue. The root of the problem is that black and brown people, black people specifically, are not thriving. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so we have to help them thrive. Right. But they just don't think it's possible anymore. And a lot of us have given up. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I will say this. It is maybe easy for me to say because I've really been lucky. Yeah. I'm gonna be real honest with you, right. and I'm not, I'm not hiding behind that. Right. Um, and I'm perfectly fine in my job. Mm-hmm. I love my. I mean, I'm a dentist. I do, right. I do well, right? right. Um, but I would tell you this: mm-hmm. what I see in the community right now is absolutely unacceptable. Right. And I've got three black boys, mm-hmm. right, that I worry about every single day. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm driving around a different part of town right. doesn't mean he doesn't have a, a, you know, a video screen on his phone, mm-hmm. and when he doesn't answer the call when I call him, I'm not worried. Right. So you have the same issues. I have the same <laughs> issues as everyone else right, does. Same worries. He's driving around the city. I'm mm-hmm. making sure his inspections on point. I'm making sure his seatbelt is on. I'm making sure he's dressed appropriately. Why would I? Why do I have to worry about that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so we all deal with the same issues. But in, in saying all of that, um, w- it's the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. It is education. And you asked me about schools. Mm-hmm. Taking science and math out of schools is a problem. Yes. But it's being done because it's a way to box us in. Mm-hmm. You know, science and math are cognitive skills right. that causes you to think. Mm-hmm. All right? Outside of the box. Outside of the box. Yep. And if you don't think outside of the box, from that perspective, then how are you going to think outside of the box when you're out in the workplace? Exactly. Yep. You're, you're used to following orders. And exactly. You're never thinking a way to advance yourself. No, you know? no. And there's yeah. no in math, there's checks and balances. Right. If you don't get to the answer, there's something in the process that mm-hmm. didn't happen right. Right. That, that life is the exact same way. Yeah. Yep. Those are definitely um, tools that we need. And I, I wasn't aware that they're trying to take those out of school. I know they're changing the way that they teach math. And I feel like that's another thing where your parent can't help you with your homework. No, of course Because not. we were not taught math the same way you were taught math. Exactly. Like, exactly. And they're at work. Yeah. <laughs> <That> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, too. but they're working in like yeah. two jobs. The average person is working in two jobs yeah. to make ends meet. Yeah. We definitely need to get back to that. Um, you know, it takes a village to raise a child, mm. especially with the conditions that we're in now. I talked to a, I talked to a few people who changed my perspective on growing up without fathers or mm-hmm. this because they said that I had a whole community that that yeah. took th- that felt that filled that void mm-hmm. for me, and that's wonderful. Um, another thing. Being from the background that you're being from, mm-hmm. you may have people that says, okay, you're, you're not connected mm-hmm. with the lower income communities. Okay. What do you have to say to that? I don't feel like you have to be from a particular area to mm-hmm. have compassion and understanding of why things aren't going the right way. Right. I believe that the reason why I was raised the way that I was, mm-hmm. nobody got it 
just because they looked a specific way. Mm -hmm. I mean, my father worked at a chicken place and right. through newspapers, and we lived in a 3,000 square foot house until I went to college. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And right. so even though I was raised with opportunity, um, my parents kept us very, very grounded gotcha. the whole entire way. So in, in saying that, and I, I do believe a lot of people may say that, mm -hmm. you know, um, because I take care of people every day, mm -hmm. there's a compassion inside of me that is just um, in my soul. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. It just is. And I don't feel bad for anyone. Mm -hmm. I want to make them better right, right, or make it right. better. Yep. There's no pity here. <laughs> right. Right. Mm -hmm. We are a part of our circumstance. Right. And that's people that live in these big houses. They're not happy either. Exactly. Okay. That's, that's, that's real. That's a real conversation. It is. You know, mental health crosses all lanes. Yep. It doesn't matter how much money you have in your account. Yep. Okay. That's true. And so I don't believe, um, I believe that the way that I was raised, honestly, is a, is a strength. Mm -hmm. I don't apologize for it. Right. I work my tail off. Right. Right. And it's understandable. Yeah. I mean, I was working in my dad's office when I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to go out on the weekends. Hmm. I didn't get paid for grades. Right. You know, that was expected of you. Exactly. And um, if we can kind of put those same pieces into our space mm -hmm. um, in our families now and just give them a little bit of lift. Right. Right. We can yep. level this thing off. Yep. I believe it. Um, <clears throat> so. With areas like Greenspoint area, you have 48% of the residents mm -hmm. make under $25,000. Um, there are no, there are, there aren't any health centers out here, mm -hmm. public health centers, right. anything like that in this area. How do you bring the attention here? And I guess, let me put it like this. I've heard one of the other, the, one of the mayor, mm -hmm. mayoral candidates, they were talking at an event that they were at and they were talking about the uptown tiers, the TIRZ, mm -hmm. tiers. Mm -hmm. Sorry, mm -hmm. they were talking mm -hmm. about the uptown tiers, mm -hmm. and they have more money than they know what to do with. Yeah. From a government perspective, how do is there a way to to shift those funds to other areas? Is there conversations and negotiations mm -hmm. negotiations that can be had to shift that money to low income areas? Then we also have opportunity zones, mm -hmm. which. When I when I was reading up on the opportunity zones, I feel like there are a lot of loopholes in there because you have the opportunity zone for the low income areas, but an area that's adjacent to it also becomes an opportunity zone. And the way Houston is set up is the low income area is always connected to an affluent area. So it's like they all if they draw the law the law that way where if you're connected to an opportunity zone then mm -hmm. that gives you access to those same funds mm -hmm. then it seems like those areas always take advantage of that and the low income areas still they don't get the funding. So let's kind of clarify you so you touched on a, a lot of different kind of if things, right? Right, right, right? So let's let's go to opportunity zones. Okay. So um poor people don't benefit from opportunity zones. Okay. Because the ones who win are the ones with cash and access to capital. Mm -hmm. They can go in and buy those areas and cultivate those areas. Okay. Okay. Um, if you're still making seven fifty an hour and they bring in an opportunity zone with all this, you know, fancy food or restaurants or whatever, mm -hmm. you can't go there and 
<laughs> and spend your money there, right? right? So what we need to do is we need to create real ones. Okay. Ones that actually benefit our areas. Okay. Okay, so those people that come in and make those investments, we got to get something from them. Right, like you said and before. We, exactly, exactly. Um, they need to make sure they hire people that live in the area. Mm -hmm. If they're not qualified or trained, there needs to be some type of training program mm -hmm. that they're trained to make sure they can work in, in, in you know, work in those areas. Right. Um, workforce needs, you know, that we need to fund workforce to make sure that they get resumes and um, the technical training that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. They need to be they need to be able to hire. I believe, and maybe this is a, a reach, right? But if an opportunity zone comes into a low income area, mm -hmm. there should be some percentage of hire from that direct community. Definitely, definitely. And that would be something that I would be able to push for. Okay. Okay. Um, then you talked about um, management districts. Mm -hmm. So management districts have to be decided on a state level. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that they've been talking about doing one here. The worry though. Well, we have one. Yeah. We, we've, yeah, we've had um, Northeastern Management District since 1991. Yeah, well, area. not this particular, but I'm saying in other oh, areas, gotcha, they're trying gotcha. to be they're trying to build, gotcha. they're trying to right. get other ones okay. in certain areas. The issue that people have with management districts sometimes is that the business owners have to pay a tax. Mm -hmm or pay a fee. Right. And if those business owners are struggling, mm -hmm. right, then they have a hard time right. to pay that fee. Right. But the, the idea behind it is getting lights, bringing safety, mm -hmm. and bringing, you know, ro good roads where mm -hmm. people want to build their businesses there mm -hmm. because now it's a nice environment to thrive in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> With that being said, lights. Mm -hmm. So it was brought to my attention by residents in a particular area that a high school was built on a road that didn't have any street lights and you also have neighborhoods that are directly around mm -hmm. the high school so those neighborhoods don't have buses so during the winter months mm -hmm. after school activities these children are forced to walk home in the dark, in the dark. on a dark road with woods and it's wooded areas so no mm -hmm. telling where can come out the woods now <clears throat> i i reached out to the city mm -hmm. called 311 went through all the proper channels um mm -hmm. made a request for lights and I received documentation to fill out and turn in to, you know, tell them about the area that I wanted to request the lights in. Mm -hmm. The first thing that brought that caught my attention was they say they don't build lights for safety, for public safety, for anything like that. They don't put street lights in place for that. They put it in place for the drivers only. So that that kind of I didn't agree with that because if you have a high school. You should have lights on that road, especially if you're going to have children walking down the street. Yeah, right. You even have a, um, I guess they have um, FFA in the school, mm -hmm. and they house animals. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. God forbid when the animals get loose and it's dark and someone's riding down the street. Another thing, now this is what really wowed me. They said if there are, um, what, the, the power lines, the wooden poles, mm -hmm. if they had the mm -hmm. wooden poles, they can connect lights to them, mm -hmm. wouldn't be a problem. Mm -hmm. If they were not there and they had to install poles and lights, mm -hmm. the person requesting the lights could be charged Charge a fee. Charged a fee, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are ordinances that we need to kind of put in place. Right. When people, when there's construction happening, mm -hmm. we need to, like, like you said, if there's, if there's anything having to do with children, mm -hmm. um, where children are going to be in an area that they are, right. they need to make sure that the streets are lit, but also about stoplights, mm -hmm. stop signs, right. and people get hit all the time yeah. because they don't have them. Uh, parks that already exist mm -hmm. don't have lights. Yep. So there's so, you know, and I, I keep on saying they, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're building, they're building these gorgeous parks yes. all over the yep. city, Bike but trails. we can't get lights. Yep. You know, I mean, I just don't. It's a disconnect there. It is. It's, it's <laughs> a disconnect. I mean? it's just like with the with the bike trails, you have 
we see signs all through Greens Point, northeast side of Houston, yeah. Acres Home, six million dollar bike trail yeah. being built, and then you look around at the conditions and you're like, Who's gonna ride their bike? Yeah. <laughs> and then you, you build and who has a bike? <laughs> who has a bike? And then you build the bike trail, no lights, right? No trash cans. That's right. So you're creating more problems. More problems, I'm telling you. <laughs> sometimes I feel at I think that politicians do what they think is best mm -hmm. because that's what's in their head instead of asking the communities what mm -hmm. they need. Right. That's and, and my goal in this race uh -huh. is not to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. It's to ask the questions. Gotcha. Uh, and I'm just really trying to stay, to be a good listener mm -hmm. and to really sit back. When I go to meetings, I don't sit in the front row. <laughs> I sit all the way in the back mm -hmm. and I have a notebook out mm -hmm. and I'm listening to what's going on. Gotcha. Because I... In my own mind, mm -hmm. um, my own narratives are going on based on my personal experiences. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I don't have a lot of the same experiences. Right. But but it sounds like, and, and I ask you that just for the yeah, people no, no, who no. question it. Yeah. But it sounds like you're very connected and you do understand the problems that are going on in these Because communities. I've been listening. Right. I really have been. And I've watched my family. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. we, you know, everyone worked. Right. You know, right. my grandmother worked, my yeah. grandfather worked. I worked hard to get where you were. Yeah, yeah, that's what's easy. And, and that you would be a great example yeah. of how hard work pays off. Yeah. To where we all can get Thank to you. this point in life, you know, by working hard and staying together as a family mm -hmm. and pushing each other and encouraging each other mm -hmm. and things like that. Because, you know, in our community, when you get 18, you have to leave the house. And it's not because we just want you going. Right. We really can't afford you. And right. you can work and you can you can you can pay for yourself, especially if you don't want to go to school or work. You know, then we, we can't you can't lay up on us. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't afford we can't afford that for you. So. It, it but you know, in saying that, let me just, I'm going to bring, uh -huh. cause because I have that kind of that um, multicultural background. Gotcha. You know, Asians don't kick everyone out. They, they don't. stay in one right. house, the 40 mm -hmm. of them. Right. And they're not trying to go buy a fancy car. Exactly. And they don't try to go shopping and buy a $3,000 bag. Mm -hmm. They stay in the house and they make sure they, they source enough, enough money mm -hmm. for one person to open up a gas station yep. or a convenience store yep. or whatever it may be. And when they're okay, then they scoot off, right? Yep. And they come back to the center again and they, they the refuel yep. and they do another one. Yep. We have to understand that we need to do very much the same thing mm -hmm. because it works. It does. Right? We're power in numbers. And if we can just take care of each other and support each other and everybody chips in. Now, what's not going to happen is not going to lay on my couch all day. Exactly. When I go work two jobs, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and okay, and and I do want to back up on that because you have. I think that's a twofold thing. You have some that just don't want to get up and mm -hmm. do anything, but mm -hmm. then you have some. I remember coming up in this area. If I filled out an application mm -hmm. for a job in this area and I put this zip code that I lived in this zip code, that's right. I wasn't getting hired. I know, and it was I so know. discouraging. You know, during my high school years, and well, it wasn't necessarily my high school years. I was fortunate enough to work. My mom again mm -hmm. got me on with where she was working mm -hmm. at 16, so I, I was working since 16. But it wasn't until I came back from college, I didn't finish, so I came back, you mm -hmm. know, for whatever reasons. And then I started looking for work, and I noticed that I'm like, it seems like anytime I put this zip code, right. they I, they would look at the address and say, "Oh, so you're from the area?" Yeah, and I didn't see why that was always a question that was posed to me, you know, but, and I wouldn't get hired, you know, and I had the credentials. I, I graduated top 10% from my, my high yeah. school class president, a little bit of college experience and still no job. But 
that I think that's social prejudice, yeah. though, and right? that's something that yeah. that goes back to what you said that if you if the businesses come in this area, then they should agree to hire so many people. Like we have Coca Cola coming in right now, yeah. and we had someone trying to negotiate with on behalf of the community mm-hmm. to make sure that they hire those people, and they're like, no, we already have our staff but coming you, in. But do you see what I'm saying? But we can make we can have control over how that looks, right? You know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. mean, we, we, we can really control that. And yeah. we need to give them an incentive on why it's better. Right. I mean, if you hire within the community, mm-hmm. now people in the community want to take care of the community in which your business is in. Right. It just, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a win-win for everyone. Yep. You know, and um, and internships. Yeah. What about what about making sure that they have internships mm-hmm. and programs for our young people? Yep. I mean, right now I do six young people, typically girls, just mm-hmm. because... Um, I don't right. have any girls. Right. Okay. <laughs> so that's what you make up for that. Gotcha. Yeah, I just gotta, you know, I got to get my girl stuff going cool, on, right? Cool. So, but any girls that want to be in dentistry, and okay. I do a six-week program for them. Cool. And they're typically from low-income areas. Mm-hmm. They don't have anyone to mentor them. And because I was really lucky mm-hmm. and had someone to mentor me the whole time, I feel like that's kind of a way I give back. That's great. And and um, three of them now are going to college oh, all wow. for their, th- their pre-dent, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I just told them, hurry and graduate. Come take care of this practice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you can step it's away. It's all set up. Right. <laughs> hey, that's longevity. <laughs> exactly. But my point is, is that if, if businesses were to agree to do the same thing, we mm-hmm. really could change how this whole thing right. works. Right. You know. Yeah, I think you got you have a real good plan. Um I heard something about um the the rail coming through mm-hmm. the north northeast side of mm-hmm. Houston or the north side of Houston. Um can you give us any information on that? Anything you may know or or, or what what type of do you see it as a good thing? Mm-hmm. Is it something that because it, it will have to a lot of places will have to be torn down? And is this something that you should let the people know ahead of time so they can prepare for it? Or should we just wake up one day and we see all the construction here and people knocking on your door saying, hey, we want your house? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this is the deal. So the rail was privately funded. Mm-hmm. And when it's when things are privately funded, it's a whole different conversation. You gotcha. don't have to follow the same rules as mm-hmm. you do if it's. If you're if you're paying for it, right, right. tax wise, right? right? So the rail is privately funded; it has been approved. I don't know where it's going to be specifically, but I do think that it's going to be somewhere in this area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be good, though. Yeah. I think it's going to bring jobs to the area. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that they will hire internally, and I think that they will. When I say internally, I mean within the community. Mm-hmm. I do know that a lot of really amazing people are on that board that want the best for the for the community gotcha. uh so i think it's i, I believe it's gonna be a good thing gotcha. i'm excited about it yeah. um and you but know and, and people are gonna be able to commute you know, back and forth between here and dallas gotcha but so i'm trying to understand it more it's privately funded right mm-hmm. so <clears throat> how does it work do they buy up the land and yes. the businesses and the properties yes. along the way yes so with that being said is it it seems like the people do have a say so because they can say no i don't want to sell this land or i don't want to sell this property is, is that an option is that how that works or yeah i, I think that it's gonna i think it's gonna happen regardless right you know um i, I do believe though that they're gonna do it the right way gotcha. i don't feel like they're just gonna kick people out of their home mm-hmm. you know what i mean they're gonna make it where the, there, there's a value there right they're not gonna just you know 
push people out of there gotcha. and not and not you know, compensate them in some way or right. make sure that they can uh, take care of themselves. <clears throat> I'm excited because I feel like the community is um, is really going down, mm -hmm. and I feel like it will revitalize it right. in, in a good way. Right, and I, and I understand that, and I see that too. I see where it can be a good thing because it it will bring more business and things like that. Like you say, if it's done the right way. But I guess just listening to you speak, you said, "Oh, there's nothing we can do about that because it's privately funded." Well, not but, nothing. I mean, I, there are probably are things that we can right, do about it, but you right. know, it's just different when you're using tax dollars, gotcha. right? Versus when you're using private money. But it's like the city. It seems like this. You have you see this opportunity coming through, mm -hmm. and let's be honest, it's more of an opportunity for people with money mm -hmm. versus the lower income. We'll like always. We'll get the residuals. You know, the the hourly jobs and things like that. But if you have a process that, that comes through your city and mm -hmm. is displacing people, no matter how good, at mm -hmm. the end of the day, we have to remember that we're dealing with people, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And I feel like too many times that the money outweighs the people. So if you have a process that's coming through and what if these people don't want it? They don't want to be compensated. My, my grandma lived here. Her yeah. great grandma lived right. here. What right. do we do about that? You know, that's a really good question. I I'm, I wish I had the answer. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I can do a little research and okay. come back to you and get with you because I don't want to just make something up. Gotcha. Okay. I, I respect that. But I do not have the answer for that, but I will look into it. Gotcha. I do believe it's going to be, it will be um, this area will be affected, mm -hmm. but let's have another part two. Okay. How about that? We'll do that. Okay? I, I'm looking forward and to it. And I will it. have some answers for you cool. because I do believe it's something that the community needs to know about okay. and they can know what their power is gotcha. and, um, and, you know, what happens. So let's hypothetically say it does happen in this area. Mm -hmm. There'll be shops here. Mm -hmm. There'll be, there'll be a transaction of <coughs> finance, mm -hmm. uh, which is good. Right, because right. those taxes go it toward this, this base here. Right. So <coughs> I believe that when you when you you know when you bring things like that into mm -hmm. into areas, you're hiring folks. Mm -hmm. and, but see, there and I agree. But see, there's a again, it's another side to it mm -hmm. because we we are a management district in this area. Mm -hmm. We do have a management district, right. and we have uh, we have the nation's number one skate park here, mm -hmm. and then we have the nation's number one bike park being built here. Mm -hmm. Again, uh, you you've talked a lot about black and brown. We don't see many black and brown people skating, um, mm -hmm. skateboards or bikes. And that money, a part of that money came from our management district. They agreed mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. Just like they're funding a lot. They they put forward a lot of money towards a police station that's being built here in Greens mm -hmm. Point. Mm -hmm. But Greens Point has never had a community center. We don't have anywhere where the people can go for computer resources or job resources. Well, well you know what? That's going to be our goal then. Gotcha. That's. Okay. okay. Gonna, when I win this race, because uh -huh. I'm gonna win. All right. We're gonna work that out. I'm just. I'm looking right <laughs> at y'all. Everybody watching right now. All right. Because my word is my bond. Gotcha. We're gonna get that done because that's 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 how we continue to do better. Cool. And and let me tell you this, you know, a lot of people don't. Everyone starts from somewhere. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen overnight. Exactly. Right. If we want to play, mm -hmm. if we want to have, my daddy always taught me this. Whoever has the most money mm -hmm. has the loudest voice. True. Now, that may sound really crazy to a lot of people, but if we want to play the game, mm -hmm. then we need to pull it together. Right. Okay, we need to go to school. Mm -hmm. We need to do well in school. I know it may need, not be the perfect situation, but let's right. make the best of what we got right now. Exactly. Let's hold our politicians accountable to make sure the changes happen in the community that, that, that we live in, yep. right? And let's watch some gradual growth happen yes. with us being responsible of the places that we live in. Yep. 
Makes and sense. some personal responsibility. Exactly. Right. Yep. Um, <clears throat> it starts with us. I mean, it does. we really, you know, I, I do. I mean, I I passed the legislation. I didn't have a team of twenty people behind me. Right. As that. a matter of fact, most people that have surrogate children are embarrassed and don't, not embarrassed of being a surrogate, but embarrassed of having to do and create their families in that way. Right. Right. So it's very private. Yeah. So they don't want to go public when no, something like that not. happens. No, of course not. I respect that. Right. That's their privacy, mm -hmm. right? So. But I still made it happen, and I'm not, and I'm no, not my, any more special than anybody else. Right. I just had a flame behind me and yep. some fire inside of me. Yep. And you pushed and it to the end. And be damned if we weren't gonna make it happen. Yeah. And that's the mentality that we have to have. And yeah, and that, and I agree with you. Um, part of it is the community. We do need to pull together, and because we're we're so broken right now, we're so separated and divided. We do have to pull together, and that's where it will start, regardless of what's going on outside of mm -hmm. our communities, how our communities are being affected outside. Like you say, the reason they're able to come in and do these things, because we're not here saying, look, if y'all going to do it, this is how it needs to be done. Or you got to get through us first. Exactly. Yep. So and, I agree. And know that we have some power behind us to make mm -hmm. it happen. It just takes one person and then two people. Yep. And it's, it's just, it's cellular. Exactly. Right? I love it. It really I is. I love it. Well, it was a pleasure speaking oh, with you. Thank you for having me. Um, one thing I want to ask you before you go. Okay. Houston. When it comes to Houston, what is your, give me your three top local businesses that you like to frequent. Okay. I got to say Turkey Leg Hut. Turkey Leg Hut. <laughs> All right. Shout out to Turkey Leg Hut. <laughs> you got it. We got yep. it. We got to put that out yep. there. Um, let's see. I love Sunshine. Sunshine? Yeah, okay. Sunshine's that, the vegan restaurant. Never heard of love it. Them. My wife would probably love oh it. Oh, my gosh. It's so <laughs> good. It's so, so good. We're going to have to check it out. Um, and let's see. What is the other, like shopping-wise or? Businesses, period. Any type of business. Let's see what my other one would be. Um, God, that's a tough question. Mm. I go to a place to practice yoga. Okay. It's called Big Yoga. Okay. And, and it's, it's local. It's not it's a chain. It's local. It is not a chain. Gotcha. It's local. I love it. Love it. Love it. Cool. It's just really cool folks on a mat. <laughs> cool. All right. So we, get, we have it smells like incense. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Turkey Leg Hood, Sunshine, and Big Yoga. Yes. All right. Yeah. Um, is where, where can we find you in the community? Do you have anything going on in the community where we can see you, come out and um, listen to you speak or, or volunteer for an event, anything like yeah, that? Yeah. No, no. Definitely. So, so Plumber for Houston. Okay. So plumberforhouston.com okay. is my website. We're gonna start putting some events on there. Okay. Um, coming you know coming up soon. I'm gonna do a uh, I'm gonna do a pep rally, okay. a political pep rally. All right. And and uh, what we're gonna do mm -hmm. is we're gonna bring all the high schools, Madison, Worthing, <laughs> Willow Ridge, you know, and everyone's gonna wear their paraphernalia okay. from like back in the day. All right. Right. And we're gonna talk about politics, but we're gonna have. Everyone wearing their high school paraphernalia, and we're gonna do we're gonna do a political rally a little bit different than everybody else does. That sounds interesting. And have some real conversations about schools mm -hmm. and about how things have changed mm -hmm. from when Grandma was there right. and when we were there, and right. have those conversations and how the city can make a difference in those communities. So that's coming up really soon. Cool. Uh, I am gonna probably be doing a listening tour um, as well. Okay. I haven't put that up. All that kind of stuff will be on our website. Okay. And but, that's, um, uh, so Plumber for Houston, P-L-U-M-M-E-R-F-O-R-Houston dot com. Gotcha. And um, yes, I need help. I need volunteers. Gotcha. We um, we need block walkers. And okay. this is a grassroots effort. Gotcha. So a lot of the candidates in, in the races are kind of moving inside out. 
Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is establishment community. Mm-hmm. I'm moving it outside in. Gotcha. I'm doing community establishment. Gotcha. Okay, because these are the folks that matter. Yep. And and that's that's a I, I love that um, I love that setup. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, we're looking forward to it. Thank Again, you. it was great having you. Thank love the information you. you provided. Looking forward to the part two. Definitely. So definitely. Cool. Anything else you want to no, let the I people just know? Thank you for what you're doing. This mm-hmm. is so good. Um, information is imperative. Yes. Uh, I think the the way they keep us kind of um, in the dark is because we don't have access to information. Right, right. So you're doing this is awesome, yep. and I congratulate you, you and thank your you. team. Yep. Um, so keep up the good work, okay? Yeah. Ask all the hard questions. Right, right. And yeah, and I, I just give <laughs> I give God all the glory and praise. Yes, I'm just agreed, I'm just being agreed. an obedient servant. Yeah, no, no, agree. But at least you're yeah. being obedient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. All right. No, it was so good meeting you. Likewise. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Likewise. I appreciate yep. it. Look forward to seeing you again and working with you. You know, Definitely. to push the things that you that you're looking to do out in the community. Thank you know, you. and that's what whether and again we're going to speak it into the existence yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be in office but you know i feel like if you're setting yourself up for this position you should already have the passion anyway mm-hmm. so you know win lose or draw we should still push forward with everything that you know we feel is is needed in our communities definitely yep. definitely well thank so, you you're this welcome thank fun. you yes it has okay all right have all right. a great one are you too all thanks right. the mangrove community presents the reasonable doubt podcast series For more information about the community or how to volunteer, please visit mangrovecommunity.org.